Copy and Debra, runway inside. This is off of mission C1D, the first flight of the orbit of discovery, and the shuttle has cleared the tower. This is Drive Me To Your Leader with Mr. Red, and in this podcast, we hope to bring to you discussion, argument, and maybe just some fun on the way through. Today, we're going to be doing Jack the Ripper, Who Was He, with Elvie. Yeah. And before we get into who you think it is, well, actually, what we're going to be doing is I have a suspect, Mm -hmm. and you have a suspect. Yeah. And we're going to maybe, well, we might probably argue a little bit over it, maybe. The thing is, the only certainty of Jack the Ripper is the uncertainty. (laughs) You say that, but I think I've got pretty close. Right, let's get you down to the Metropolitan <laughs> Police. Let's no, go. No. <laughs> it's a bit late now anyway, isn't it? But, so I thought what we'd do is um, do all of the victims as a quick rundown. Yeah, yeah. So a, a bit of background to, I, I mean, I think most other episodes of other podcasts or there's lots of books, there's lots of, there's so much of it out there about the story of each victim and all the rest of it. So I don't want to come into that too much. I really just want to focus on who we think it is mm. and then sort of argue about that. But we'll run through it anyway for people that aren't that sure about it. So in basically between the late summer of 1888 and the what, about November 1888, mm. there were five murders... And they were connected together by people as being by the same person who was then called Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Now, there's other murders, isn't there? There's a couple before and a couple after. after you can yeah. get into that. But there's five that are considered to be basically exactly the Canonical. same. Canonical. That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> and this was in East London. When I say about East London, I don't mean like these days where you get all the boroughs that go outwards. Back then, East London would have been right you know it would have been in the center of london but to the east of it where Whitechapel is now you can yeah. see it on the map yeah because i think that most people when you say south london now or something you you say croydon which is well away from the center or yeah. if you say east you'd say somewhere out by uh, where the olympic stadium is which isn't in the center so back then it would have been much closer to the center and it was an area that was where it was just absolutely terrible to be perfect on another way of putting it you know <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, anyway, do you want to, should we go through the victims and we'll run through it that way? Go on then. Run through it, Mr. Red. Oh, you want me to? You want yeah. me to do it? Okay. This <laughs> where I go. Objection. Oh, no, <laughs> okay. Victim one was Marianne Nichols. Yeah. She was 43 years of age. She died on the 31st of August, 1888 at Bucks Row and the time of death is probably seen as around 3am to 3.10am. 
with the last sighting being about 2.30. The victim too was Annie Chapman, who was, I think it was 47. She died on the 8th of September, 1888, which is just a little over a week after the first one. Mm, yeah. So that's what we were dealing with here. And that location was Hanby Street. That was a, I think it was in someone's back garden, actually, if I'm right. See, I heard that, but yeah. I heard no. Yeah, it was. It was up against a fence, wasn't it? Yeah. Out of someone's back door. It was really weird. They just walked. How it looked, what happened is, is they walked here. Her and Jack the Whipper walked through a house at the bottom floor because, I don't know, maybe you could just walk into people's houses. I don't know. <laughs> walked into a back garden and they supposedly killed up against the fence. And then, well, we don't know how he would have gotten away, but by the looks of it, he walked back the way they came because the front door was still open. Yeah. So, it's a very I, I mean, mystery yeah. that one. Yeah, mm. but all of them are really on the edge with time. Yeah. So some of it, there's like five, ten minutes until someone came back. It's and really you just odd. wonder how he got away with that only in that amount of time. Yeah, no, I just just complete opportunism. I think some of it is a vampire. Case closed. Let's go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, we'll go with that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right, victim three was Elizabeth Stride. Mm. who was 44. Do you know, it's so bizarre that all these women were in their 40s. Yeah, you'd assume when you hear like women being murdered, you always think, and prostitutes especially, you'd think young, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because they were all like um, from people who, they were like people that had been divorced or their marriages hadn't worked. So they'd basically, I mean, back then, if you're a woman and you weren't married, it was very difficult to find working places. Yeah. That's a harsh reality. You couldn't just go and get a job as you could now today, I don't think. No, for sure not. Yeah, it'd be a lot more difficult. Mm. Um, she died on the 30th of September. So there's a little, there's about a two-week, three-week gap between these. Mm. That was Duckfield's Yard, and that was around 1am. The last sighting was about 15 minutes before that, and that was quite notable because it was by Israel Swartz, and there was, I don't know if you read about that, Particularly what happened with that guy. Not particularly. No, basically it's guy, a bit yeah. it's a bit of a weird one. So what he did was he was walking down the street and Elizabeth he saw Elizabeth Stride get thrown out onto the road by this man, and the man said Lipsky. And what that meant Lipsky was a, a Jew that had been hanged a year before and there was a big um disturbance in the whole area because of it because there was a whole there was a lot of anti-semitism there's a lot of like jewish tension with jews and stuff Mm. like that so he shouted that out and there was another guy lighting up a pipe and as israel walked away the guy lighting up pipe started following him he thinks he was following him i think the other guy was just trying to walk away as well and then they obviously then they started running because the panic i I hadn't actually heard about that but yeah yeah, during that time the anti-semitism was just rife yeah Especially of a lot of um, Polish Jews coming over. Yeah, that's exactly right, isn't mm. it? Yeah. So that's the last time anyone actually saw her. There's another conflicting one, but I tend to believe that. And I say it's conflicting because that the person who says that they saw her says they saw her exactly the same time as that guy. So one of them is not telling the truth. Mm. Anyway, um, she was found in... Uh, basically a yard of a social club or something, I believe, like that. And as the coachman pulled in, the horses wouldn't go any further, and that's because her body was there. And she was unmutilated, and that was the only one that was. 
Um, a lot of people think that's because he was disturbed by the coach from coming in yeah. literally at that time. Because if you've got 15 minutes between the last sighting and the time that the body was found, you can see how on the wire that would have been. It's, you know, it's 15 minutes in it to do that sort of thing. Victim four was Catherine Eddowes. She was 46. Yeah, you like that one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just got a point with this victim. Okay, that right. I'll explain later. Well, hang on. Let me just read the, the, the details. Mm-hmm. She was 46. She died on the 30th of September. So this was exactly the same night as Elizabeth Stride, but it was later. It was in Mitre Square, which actually still exists. I think it's the only location that does still exist. Um, and that was about 1.30, maybe 1.45. I can't say for sure. The last sighting was either between 12.55 or 1.35. That's the hard, the worst thing about this case is that no one seemed to have known the time any time whenever they gave a, a statement. It was always so I like conflicting. I think at that time of night, everyone's pissed anyway. Yeah. You know, if you're walking out and about that early in the morning, you're fucked. Yeah, that's probably that's probably what happened. But that's a, there's a 10-minute window at best with it, either way. And I kind of tried to look it up if you could get to where Duckfield's Yard was previously to Mitre Square in that sort of a time frame. And it was hard to work it out because you... Obviously, you look at a modern map, you can't tell because the whole East End in that area is more or less completely rebuilt because it was bombed yeah. so much during the war. But I think I've tried to look at the old maps and I think maybe just about, to be honest, if you were really pacing it. And Victor, I know, did you want to say something about that one? Or you no, I'll bring up that point in when I bring up who I think the killer is. Okay. And victim five, it was Mary Jane Kelly. She was 25, so that mm. rocks the boat of the average, which is kind of weird. Her death was on the 19th, no, sorry, the 9th of November, 1888. So that was, again, about a week later, just yeah. over. That was in 13 Miller Court. It was in her own rented yeah. bedroom, pretty much. That was between one, well, very conflicting, but I think most people put it down to about 1 to 2 a.m. in the morning. The last sighting was by a guy called George Hutchinson at 2 a.m. But there's people on that one who say that they saw it like 10 in the morning that not that morning. It was like, well, that can't be true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, that just it can't be true at all. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's the five, that's the five canonical victims, as you would say. Yes. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should just get straight into who we think did it. I'll let you start. Oh, you want me to be good? Yeah. Hang on. Let me... um, Let me get my suspect up on here. So I think it was this guy called James Kelly. He's not a complete unknown suspect. No. There's been one guy who said that it was him and he traced them back to the US and said he did similar killings. But I don't... About that part, I'm not so sure about because it's unconfirmed. But there's one photograph of the guy. I think he looks like, well, a normal guy of the time, I suppose. But at the same time, it's someone that does fit in with a lot of the statements. Um, I don't want to get too much into it because we can discuss it a bit more. But maybe you want to list who yours was. Did you want the page up as well? Yes. <coughs> there you go. So... Mine is popular suspect. It is. It's Aaron. Com- it? uh, Aaron Kopinski. Aaron Kopinski. Have I said Cos- his name? Kosminski. 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 Or was that? 
Adara misdirect as something that I'm going to bring up in my point about him. You think it was a guy with a similar name? Mm, I know all of them. Could be. <laughs> I'm not like a like a ripologist or whatever it is. I don't really, but it's it's a you know yeah. I've took an interest in this over the years, so yeah. I've kind of got like I don't know. But yeah, he's uh, he was a barber at the time, and mm-hmm. so if you're not familiar, back in the day, barbers did more than just cut your hair. They also did services for boys, anatomy-wise. They also knew a bit of surgery. Oh, okay. That's very interesting. I didn't know that. That's why the barber pole colours red and white. No, I knew that. But it was mostly like a navy thing, wasn't it? I didn't realise it went that far into the 1800s. it did. In fact, a lot of them used to snip-snip boys so they keep their voice high for choirs and stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I actually... Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, I, I, knew, I knew why the red stripe was there and all that, but mm. I didn't realise it was... Um, I didn't realise it went that late into yeah. like 1880s yeah. and that sort of stuff. They I did thought a by, lot by of... that point, it was it gone a bit better. No. <laughs> oh, well, I guess if you've got no money, then again, it's not as if the NHS is there, is it? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, did you want to explain your suspect a bit more or do you want me to start? I'll let you start. All right. Okay. I'll let you start out of the common kindness of my heart. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I might go on for a bit here. So that's all right. I'm all right. In, I'm interested to hear why why you think this. Okay. So I'm not going to get into his whole life because there is quite a bit of information. But essentially, this James Kelly moved into not quite Whitechapel. He moved into an area quite near it. What he ended up doing was he married a person called Sarah Bryder and they weren't married for very long at all. And what he would do a lot of the time, because back then you didn't really have sex before marriage. That's a lot how a lot that worked back then. So he would go into Whitechapel and basically just go with prostitutes and drink. And her house was, and I've looked this up, and I've referred it to old maps, and you would walk one straight road all the way down to Whitechapel, and it would take about 10 minutes mm-hmm. the way that it existed. I've looked up the house, and the actual street road isn't there anymore because it got bombed. But the um, the plate, the location where it was is still, it would have been about a 10 minute walk into Whitechapel. So he was right in the area right there. And I, and what ended up happening with his wife was they tried to allegedly have sex for the first time. And because he's so used to having sex with prostitutes, it didn't, something didn't work between them and it, mm. their sex failed. Or I, I don't really know how it would, but that's what ended up happening. And he had a venereal disease yeah. basically. And he had like fluid coming out of his ears and all kinds of things. Cause he'd been with prostitutes and he blamed his wife for, giving him that disease basically oh. right or he blamed her for having one and he was very i wouldn't quite call him well he was unstable but he wasn't out of his mind and that's an, a great point i want to bring up about the whole case in general is there's a lot of suspects who that oh well he was insane so it must have been jack ripper's like well yeah but jack ripper wasn't insane if you looked at the way he operated and his misdirection and the way he was able to convince people to go into places maybe they otherwise might not have gone. And I, he could, he, if he was insane, none of them would have done it. He would have been caught. No, he, this guy had a very he, was very... he was switched on. 
he wasn't insane. Well, this is the thing I also wanted to bring up. Sometimes when you see someone in the street being maybe stark and mad, you'd want to help them. Yeah, but I don't think that's the motive because there's no statements to corroborate that. What do you mean? Well, because if you look at everyone, there's a lot of eyewitness statements about people seeing other people with the person who was murdered, right? But we've mm. got no way of knowing if it was the same person each time. Yeah. So, but if you take all of those accounts, at least one of them, at least one of them has to be the guy that did the murdering. It it, it just makes sense at one point. So they never witnessed the person who was out of his mind and being helped. They witnessed the person who was trying to isolate the woman and get her into a, a secluded area as what that trade worked as. And my point is if someone was insane or they they had difficulty, there's no way they would have been able to convince even a prostitute to do it. To do it. They're not, they don't want to oh, die, yeah, no. even though they want the money. If you think of the last victim, <laughs> if I saw someone, you know, stumbling around, eating out of the gutter, being a bit loony, I'd I'd feel bad and I'd probably take, well, I wouldn't take them into my flat That's nowadays. what I'm saying. No, but I don't think but you would But if you, you think then, about either. how young she was as well, she must not have had that much experience in the profession as the other woman had. Well, not necessarily because it, these people weren't, lifelong prostitutes and what I mean by that is they weren't it wasn't their profession as such they were people that had lived the life had had children except from the last victim and for whatever reason or another it didn't work out and they ended up in that position that they weren't doing that all their lives so I know what you're saying when they're a bit older they you are a bit wiser you'd hope I get that but I just think that if there was this insane person rolling around it would have been noticed and it wasn't. I still don't think it's as, as charming and suave and cunning as other people think because... Well, I just... don't, Well, I, that's the thing. I don't think people even think that. I don't think they... See, I've seen a witness say he's a very well-dressed man in the top oh, hat no, and no, that. No. And I always thought, no. 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 But we'll get into that because I, I want it. There's a profile that I've tried to write I'm going to say I'm not an FBI but I know they've done one as well haven't they but there's quite an I find it an interesting point between the profile that was made at the time and the profile that was made by the FBI like almost 100 years later or more something like that Mm. and the most notable part for me is the age difference Back then, they thought they were looking for this forty-year-old guy who was probably well-dressed, probably no, they knew didn't how to do. Actually, pro- they know the profile of the time was that that was it. They thought the it was like thirty-eight, forty-eight. The two original investigators pegged him early twenties, mid thirties range. Oh, that's fair enough. But it the official one, the official one that came out was that it, they were looking for like some forty-year-old guy, which is categorically ridiculous. I mean, if you look at the age range of serial killers, I mean, you, you get your exceptions, but mostly it's what twenty-eight to thirty-five, something like that. Mm. Usually, you know, if maybe with some exceptions. So, but the FBI one came out and said it was about 28, and I think that's probably about right, really. Yeah. You know? I, I just, I like to read them what the first investigators, and they're the ones who saw, like, I'd say they're the most, they saw the most of the crime scene, the yeah. first murder and that. They always pegged him as early 20s to mid 30s. Yeah. And they always said around like, yeah, around that age range. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so if I carry on with the, with the profile of this guy a little bit. So basically, he, like I said, he got married. It didn't work out, but there's more to that. So what he ended up doing was he moved in with 
like I say, they're her parents and they were living together. And after he accused them, he basically got more and more violent with her. Yeah. To eventually what he ended up doing was, well, there's another way of putting it. He got a knife, put it to her throat and cut her throat. It didn't kill her outright, but it sent her to the hospital when she died a couple of days later. He got charged with murder. And this is why I think this is so interesting about this. He got charged with murder, right? And then what he basically, someone found him insane and he got sent to Broadmoor. That to me, that's dubious, to be honest with you, because their definition of insanity back then would have been interesting to see if you compared it to today's psychological mm. profiles of people. Let's be honest, it would have been nowhere near the same. Yeah. So I think if you hear that then, how true is it? I don't know. I think this person knew what he was doing, to be perfectly honest with you. He was sane enough to go out and do the things he wanted to do. I just think he was a bit of a terrible human being, right? Mm. Anyway, he got sent to Broadmoor. He ends up escaping and then he disappears. Um, basically, I mean, on, he's on and off this spring the whole time. And after the time he disappears from Broadmoor, he is likely helped by a friend who, my understanding of it is, and I could be wrong, actually lived in Whitechapel. Now, if you look at the epicentre of that, of the murders themselves, the actual centre point, now, I don't know where his friend actually lived in there because I couldn't work it out, but it could well have been right there. And then he would have been living it there during that entire time. Sorry, I found that very interesting because that was one of the points I was going to bring up for oh, really? who I thought because where he lived yeah. was very likely, it was profiled by the FBI that that was very likely yeah. the location of Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yeah. And that was where Aaron yeah. lived. Yeah, no, that's, but you've got to do that, haven't you? I mean, I can't confirm that, to be honest, with him as such. But basically, what happens is he then, well, the interesting thing after the last murder, the day of that, his um, her parents, his wife's parents' house was basically raided by the police that very yeah. day, and they couldn't find him. They were questioning for his location. Why they were doing that in connections of that murder is interesting, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's never really been worked out. Whether it'd be a case of, oh, there's a guy escaped from Broadmoor, maybe this is the guy we'll try and bring it. But that would be... That's pretty left field to just come out of that. So someone must have thought, well, this guy was... You do, I, maybe there was some undocumented sighting. You just don't know. Either way, what ends up happening is he then disappears to France and then he goes back to the US. He tries to give him up, himself up multiple times and it just never happens. And then he turns up to Broadmoor, I think it was in like 1927, begs to be let back inside because he's basically deaf and all sorts by this point and then he dies like two years later but he gives a confession I wouldn't say a confession he gives like a report of his life and obviously you can't say it's true but the only time he doesn't account for <laughs> is between about I think it was June 1888 and no and November 1888 the exact time it all happened so we've got a guy who kills his wife in basically the same way, um, his motive is that he despises them because of the venereal disease, right? Which ruined his marriage essentially at that point, even though he ruined his marriage. And he never accounts for that time at all, even though he was very likely in that area the whole time because the guy who helped him escape lived in that area. So where else was he going to go? Even that he lived with her parents. 
but he was raided and he wasn't there. Maybe he would have been there at that point. He would have been known by all the people in that area. And he would have liked to have been known by the victims themselves. And that's probably what made him feel safe because he would have been someone who would have been with those people before potentially and not killed them. And I find that interesting because I always thought to myself, if these people are getting killed, why do these women keep doing it? And you've got the obvious answer, which is, you know, because they need the money Mm. and they've got no other choice. And that's fair enough. I get that. But they would still be cautious about who they're going to do it with. You would feel, wouldn't you? But then again, that's uh, what you feel. It is, but at the same time, if it was, you'd be more likely to be like, "Oh, I know this guy. He's been with such and such. I feel okay. I'm not going to die here." Well, it depends if they have a pimp. Well, you know, but you know what I'm a saying. Pimp can force them to do it, otherwise they'd get beaten. Yeah, but I don't know if that was really the case there. Because if that you period, really think about honest. prostitution nowadays or sex trafficking and that, mm. yeah, but there's never been any connection of any sort of gang and, and pimps with these victims. I'm not saying there wasn't, but you'd thought something would have been mentioned somewhere. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Either way, I feel like it had been someone that would have been known in that area. I mean, that could work with your suspect as well there, to be fair. But this would have been a guy that would have drank in the same pubs of them as well because he was known to go out and drink. So he would have been someone that would have been known. And the only time he doesn't account for his whereabouts is the exact time everything happens. And he even states that he he was on the rampage for that entire period. Now, what does that mean? He's probably blackout <laughs> drunk for most of it. Exactly. But what does that mean? And I don't believe he was insane because he was cognitive enough to keep returning and trying to get caught and all the rest of it. And it's the misdirection part that I find completely interesting. That So there's a part with Jack the Ripper where he writes, he escapes one of the murders or he's being chased by bloodhounds or I can't remember the exact thing, but and he writes on the wall, we know that the Jews are the people that will not be blamed for nothing. And he writes that in one of the markets. And the reason there's no photograph of it is because the police had to remove it before everyone came to work. But how and do we saw know it. that was that Ripper? I think it's because there was a, um, he wiped his hands with um, her shawl and it was right on that location. Whose shawl? Uh, it was one of the victims. Was I it f- victim four that I cheered for? Could have been. Yeah, it could have the been. The one that has DNA. Uh, no, I, it, oh, I, did, no I, I don't agree with this at all, the DNA stuff. Mm. That, it's so ambiguous, honestly. Okay. Well, well the thing is, like, in that there's been DNA stuff before and it narrows it down to tens of thousands of people in that area and it's like, well... <laughs> but they also took DNA from the descendant of him, but we from all, his family. Yeah, but we also don't know how contaminated that has been over the years. Mm, we also don't know how they conducted that test because they won't release it. There's a few things that... You know, this isn't the first thing that's come out ever and said, well, this is, con- you know, definitively proves it. Because it, and it never does. From what I remember, they did it twice. I need to look this up just to make sure I'm right. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they did test it twice, to be sure. Um, no, but carry on. Carry on what you're saying. Well, no, I just, I mean, that's my reason thinking it's, it's, it's this guy personally. I think that he has the motive for wanting to do this. I think he has the opportunity. I think he has the location. I think he has the mindset to be able to do it. And I don't really see what else you, you particularly need. I mean, there's no con- conclusive proof because there isn't of any of this. But that makes more sense. And it makes sense because... 
this is someone that needed to get out of the place. He was, I mean, think about this, right? So the a house gets raided of the place that he they thought he was, right? Yeah. Now that's really important because that means he they suspected him of being in that area the whole time. The moment they raid a place, he he disappears and escapes to another country, and the murders stop. Well, that's a, that's a really big coincidence. The last murder, they raid the house of the guy they think it might be, and then everything stops. I think that's... Well, I think that's crazy. But I want to also point out that Jack the Ripper was very skilled at what he did. The removal of organs. He removed some a lady's womb, which is a very delicate and small area. Someone without knowledge of anatomy of of cutting and slicing wouldn't know how to do that. Yeah, I've always disagreed that with delicate. that, though. I, I You know, I... Personally, because I've, I've I've thought about this, so I've tried to visualize it in my mind how it would have been done. And I think it would have likely he would have got behind them, strangled them, maybe with his hands to death, to maybe death or near there death. Be fingerprint evidence. No, that there was actually evidence of hands being round necks on most of the victims. Yeah, because you got to think about it. If you walk straight up behind someone and cut their throat while they're standing up, blood goes everywhere, mm. and if you, but if you strangle someone, slow the blood down, put them on the floor, slice their throat deeply to make sure they're dead, mm. right? And the first thing I think he would have been right-handed because one of the on one of the murders it was stated that he stood to the right of the body. Now, the right, the first thing he did when he made a cut on the usually on the right side of the abdomen, he would take out the intestines and he would put them over the right side of the body. Uh, for me, that's a calling card because every single victim, except from the one that wasn't mutilated, mm. had the intestines thrown over the right side of their on the right side of their shoulder. No matter what, that was the same thing that stayed. So that's how you know it's the same guy, right? If you're standing on the right side, you've got to do that with your right hand. So you get the intestines out and then you put it, you put them over the right hand shoulder. Yeah. Either that yeah. or your left hand. Did you cut with the left and then you take it out of your right hand? But even so, if you take it out of your right hand, you're still right-handed. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think I don't know what bearing that particularly makes. I just think that if you visualize that, you take the intestines out, you just throw them out the way over the right shoulder out of behavioral pattern, I suppose. But and then you're really basically in. It. You never really throw it. You always display them very delicately. Well, we think that. We don't know. Like an artistic piece. <laughs> well, but we don't know that's what was really happening. We, I mean, for what it seems like to me personally is he threw the intestines out to get them out of the way because he wanted to get into the genital area. And you, and people say, well, he had no experience. Well, he did because he murdered five people. I mean, by the fifth murder, he would have been known everything where well, the body was, right? He would have had a really good deal of experience. Well, this point, is the thing, you'd you think know? that, but considering the time frames between when the victims were last seen and found, after oh, all yeah. that time and how rushed you were, you wouldn't have known all that straight away in that amount of time. Well, no, but that's, but, you know, as it, but that's the thing. If you start at the first part and go to the last one, it develops. It does develop, but each time is very short. I don't think that's enough time to learn full anatomy of the person. Yeah, but I don't think he is learning it. I think he's randomly slicing and pulling out what he can. But the way he removed that lady's uterus and her womb, but we so don't very know. precisely. But if you're in a rush and you don't know how to do that, it would be a lot more Yeah, but the, the thing is, we don't know that because we don't know at what state that looked when it was pulled out of the body. Now, it's very clear that he took it, right? 
but we don't know what it looked like. I mean, he could have cut through it like four or five times and took it with him. He, in fact, to be perfectly honest with you, he probably cut it into pieces anyway because he'd have had to escape with it, <laughs> right? No, no, it was I, actually uh, it was actually splayed out. One of them. I'm pretty what, sure Harun was splayed out on one of the victims. Well, I'm not so sure about that, but but either way, there is. There's a sloppy. I think personally, there's a sloppiness to it. If anything, I think if you look at the people that are usually questioned about it at the time were people that conducted surgery, right? <coughs> now that's important because if you look at it from a surgical perspective, you're trying to keep someone alive, or you're trying to remove something in one piece so you can reuse it, examine it, whatever. But if a guy just kills someone and he wants to take something, it doesn't really matter. You're not trying to keep someone alive. You're not trying to keep it. You're not, you're not trying to do anything with it. It's just a trophy. You just pull it out. It doesn't need any kind of... So if you look at it from a certain perspective, you see it that way. But if you look at it from a guy who just wants something, it doesn't really come across the same way. But to me, the Jack Ripper killings are very precise, very... I think there was only one victim where it was very sloppy and very rushed. I feel well, like this. No, I feel like the the way they were killed and the way they were displayed, their bodies afterwards. I feel like it was less of a in the moment haste thing, and more of a planned. I think there was a pattern thing. to it. Yeah, I mean, in, in the way that he did it, I definitely think there's a pattern to it. In in the sense that he would have done the same thing every time. But what I mean is, with pattern behaviour like that, he's going to do the same thing every time, but he's going to develop it each time so it will get longer or there'll be certain things that change or or get more advanced right until you get to the last one where he's got all that time and he does whatever he wants and yeah. you wouldn't look at that last victim and be like well he removed that really well it wasn't it was just a butcher that's it was just someone trying to cut someone apart do you know what i'm trying to say mm. i think you can think too much about that maybe but maybe that's just my view <laughs> mm. Do you want to? Anyway, I've said all of my okay. stuff. Do you want to get onto yours? Uh, do you? Uh... Okay. There we go. If you want so to. So I'm not going to go into his full history. Just know that no. he was he was Polish Jew who'd come to London, lived near Whitechapel, like very close. All yeah. the victims' murders mm-hmm. correspond with around where he lived. Yeah. Now, during the Jack the Ripper murders, he was actually arrested for having a dog out unmuzzled anyway. Mm. And they asked him what his name was and he gave that name. The oh, name that everyone everyone knows him as. Right. But then his brother who came to court with him mm-hmm. said no, it's actually Abraham something like that. And they just said no, call it Kopinski. And then they changed it again. Yeah. So <clears throat> he was already under police notice. Uh they've noticed him. He's mm. already had a little Mm. bump him yeah. the law right. and he also apparently did not like women yeah but you've also I mean because I read into it a little bit when he was put into um, Broadmoor was it Broadmoor he was put into some in, it uh, wasn't Broadmoor Coley, Coley Hatch was it yeah it wasn't Broadmoor yeah it was yeah it was one of them because like, there was a few more I mean these days we just have like one or two in the country yeah. but back then they had quite a few didn't they and I think that's because they over prescribed what insanity was personally but mm. that's neither here nor there anyway um, I think well I just think that when he was institutionalised, he never showed any violence that's what was recorded and that's what people always say well that's what was recorded but 
what statistically most serial killers that get caught and get institutionalized or put into prison actually mm. show a very calm, kind demeanor while they're in prison. You only need to look at old serial killers like Dharma, model citizen. Yeah, but I mean, people like that were, that's more because they're scared for their life. Because I mean, Dharma himself was murdered in prison. Mm. I but, mean, so th- th- you're in a di- there's a difference between being out in the dark <laughs> killing a woman and all of these guys inside wanting to kill you because of that, what you've done, you know? And that's another thing I wanted to point out is in these institutions, it's run by men, lots of men. Mm. Now, the person who killed the prostitute, Jack the Ripper, he clearly did not like women. And I feel like well, if his anger and hatred and lust for murder was against women in an institution when you're surrounded by men, male doctors and that, you wouldn't be going aggressive. And most men I see that do violence against women are fine, normal, civilised to their same gender. Not always, but I get what you're saying. Like The thing is that I... Um... It's, it's really important to understand that institutions back then didn't run the same way as they do now. I mean, if you look at something like the way Broadmoor was run in the 1980s here, they locked up all the worst people and put them in that place. But if you go back to the late 1800s for Broadmoor, it was a totally different environment. It was an environment of, well, recovery, I suppose. It was a totally different place than it would have been in, the, say, the 90s. I know it's changed a little bit now than it would have been in the 1980s. And that's something important to understand because if you're put into that environment and you are suffering with a serious mental fi- mental problem, then you probably will be a lot more calmer. I mean, I think what I'm trying to say is I think that I don't think the person who did these murders was insane. And I don't think it's someone who would have been happy being institutionalized for, I mean, he was in an institute for, until his death, for for decades, Kosminski. He was. No, he wasn't. He got released to a workhouse and then went back in. Well, he was in and out of them, Mm. but he spent a long time in them. And my point is, is that if why didn't he do anything else? Like, if he had such a bloodlust for those few months, why, why, why was that the only time? Because he was in a mental institution and he was being closely watched by his family. Because yeah, the nothing... reason he got institutionalised is he threatened his sister with a knife, had her at yeah, knife point. But, I mean, I mean, how many, how many people do you know that have got a bit edgy, edgy of a family? There's a difference between saying you're going to do something and then actually doing it. I mean, the guy I said actually did it. Like he actually did kill his wife, and he was charged for that. I, I think, you know, with this sort of, uh, I don't know, I because it's strange, isn't it? Because we all, I think, this thing of Jack the Ripper, where the mysteries surround him so much, people think that he's this figure of, like, he was insane. I don't think he was insane. I just think he was some weird revenge sexual sadist. I, d- I don't think there was any capacity. I mean, you look at someone like Ted Bundy, you wouldn't say he was insane. You would say he was clever and he just liked killing people. There was something, well, wrong. There was something yes. wrong with him on that front. But you wouldn't say on his day-to-day thinking that he was insane. He knew what he was doing. The guy that did these murders knew what he was doing. He That thing that they wrote on the wall, that he wrote on the wall, which was very likely him, was misdirection. He knew, He was sane enough 
of the time to understand the political context of that area and use that context against it to slow down the police, which is exactly what happened. He misdirected everybody with that and were like, oh, maybe he's a Jew, maybe he's this. And it's like, well, maybe he's just clever enough to misdirect everybody. Mm. And that's not the only case of that. The other case with the Elizabeth Stride where he knocks her out into the street. It was very likely him. I mean, she was dead 10 minutes later. So it was very likely him, let's be honest. And the fact of the matter is, did he really care about Jewish people? No, she wasn't Jewish. Why would he? What she got to do with it? He, it's not. He just wanted to misdirect everybody, and he did it. It worked. This was someone that was very clever at what he was doing. Yeah. Because if he wasn't, he probably would have been caught. Let's be honest. See now. Okay, fair point. You're doing point, your hair up point. here. It's getting serious, is it? <laughs> it's like when Ash turns his hat around, is it? <laughs> That's fair point. But I'd also like to point out the issue of the first ever eyewitness who definitively saw Jack the Ripper's face, apparently to the first investigators. He identified who it was, but Mm. refused to give evidence against them, which he was a Jewish man. And Mm. there is something in their religion that basically you're not allowed to turn in a fellow Jew. Mm -hmm. So if the killer wasn't Jewish... Why would he refuse to give evidence? I don't know, to be honest with you. you just The problem with the, a lot of the policing back then, it was just so conflicting, <laughs> let's be mm. honest. I mean, I'm not saying, doubting that at all. It could well be true. But, I mean, if you look at each detective even on the case, it's not like it's, it's almost like they didn't even work together because they've all got their own theories and opinions and it's all conflicting. It's almost like they weren't even working as a team. It's not their fault. I mean, detective policing at that time was, you know, I mean, they didn't have fingerprints, they didn't have nothing. I mean, it's not their fault, is it? But, <laughs> I mean, it, it does build it up. And I'm assuming that he was Kosminsky that he fingered, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so allegedly, I, mm. I will say allegedly, because what he wrote in the book yeah. was the last name. Mm. Now, this is also going to give into my kind of offshoot theory of my my suspect. Right. Okay. Is there was a few with that last name, few Polish Jews yeah. that come to the country yeah. with that last name. Mm-hmm. We do not know it's straight up Aaron that he's talking about. No. That's true. It's pointed out that he was most likely the one they were referring to. Mm. I'd also like to point out that he had a brother, mm. very sane, Polish Jewish, who I mean, could maybe, have yeah, potentially. Maybe it could have been two people. No, I, I can't. Mm. I, no, I don't think. I don't. No. <laughs> maybe no, no. it could be could have been his brother, and he carried out the rap because he's the insane one. Maybe. I don't think you can say it was two people operating because there was there's no eyewitness testimony to back um, that up. There was two ladies who died after the canonical Ritha murders yeah. who died in a very similar way, but they went off with two guys who looked like soldiers. Could have been Kaminsky and his brother. Other Kaminsky. Maybe. It, it's it, it's quite difficult, isn't it? I mean, it, it, there's quite a bit, like I said, there's quite a bit of misdirection as well. If we look at something like the From Hell letter, I don't know if anyone's ever seen this, but if you haven't, look it up. It's quite, it's just chilling, actually, to be honest. It came to Lusk, George Lusk, who was running like a, 
basically uh, community police. It wasn't a police officer. It was like a community watch sort of thing, wasn't it? Mm. And like half a kidney, a human, it was a human kidney, wasn't it? That was sent with the letter that said from hell and blah, blah, blah. But the way it was written, it was written almost like it was, he was trying to sound like an Irish person or a foreign person. And it's difficult to say because people weren't very literate back then, but it was literate enough to write the, the note. So we are, I mean, I'm not saying this person, it came from the killer, but there's a chance. There is a ch- I think the Dear Boss ones on that were most likely from media organisations trying to um, sell more. But the, the one, I do put a bit of traction to the From Hell letter. We'll never really know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So many different letters came through that were yeah, proven to be the fake. Is, the thing is, that one was written in blood and came with a human kidney. I mean, that's quite a statement when you consider that mm-hmm. there was a part of a kidney missing from one of the victims. Yeah, yeah. So it's however, it's, it's we're looking at someone who works as, in, you know, in some sort of medical institution or medical education, or we're looking at the killer. There's no other people that could have done it. So do you know what I mean? It's like, well, unless you've got like a medical student who's having a joke, which isn't impossible. If it's not that, we've got the killer. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's why the only traction I put into that letter personally, but it it's not conclusive, is it? No, and that's one of the problems of this case. Yeah, because of the lack of evidence and the way things were run back then, it's very hard to come mm. up with science nowadays. So there was a person, there was a woman who was murdered. When I'm not going to talk about the first one, who was like set upon by like four guys and killed and let her die in hospital because yeah. that one, I know most people are open there, but that one, I think it was Emma Smith, wasn't it? And that one just doesn't seem right at no, all. No, it doesn't. No. But the second one was Martha Tabram. I think you maybe you've heard about that. Mm-hmm. And she was, I think, she was, was she a prostitute? I'm not clear I'm not, on no, that. No, I'm not either. Anyway, she she lived in that area and she was stabbed something like 40 times. Um, and I put that, I do think personally, this is just my own opinion, that that was the same killer because I think that if you never murdered before and you murdered like that, that would you wouldn't murder like that again. Because, and I think it's interesting because that if to stab someone that many times, that's a motive of vengeance. That's that's revenge. That's like I hate you that much. I'm just going to keep going. You know what I mean? Because at that point, the person's dead. They're yeah. all, or they're not ever going to recover. So I mean, maybe like five times would have been enough. Forty times, thirty-six times, or however many times it was. Or if someone's scared and not very confident. Oh no, but I mean, because uh, say well, no. you could be scared and you can just keep going, keep going out of fear, stab, stab, stabby, stab. Yeah, but I think you get over twenty odd and you start thinking, no, this person means it, mate. I don't know. Yeah, I'm but not maybe so sure. you have like a weird numbers thing. You have to do it for you. Hey, that is actually a good point. He may have had OCD. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't. Th- I think he was a bit sloppy, personally. Should we go through? I made a little killer profile. It's a bit silly. Go on, go on. Go through your let's, profile. Um, let's try it. So I put he's likely between twenty eight and thirty age. Um, mostly because the FBI came up with it, and also because I think most of the average age of the actual decent suspects are around that sort of age. Decent really. subjects. Decent my subjects. My suspect <laughs> was twenty three years old. I have you know. Okay, well, maybe that lives as an exception to the rule, possibly. I don't know. But that's just on average. I think that's most of them get to about that age. Anyway, I think he was an opportunist, but I think he was reckless at the same time. If you look at Catherine Eddowes, 
that 10 minute window when the policeman would walk back round in the Mayotte Square. He was probably in the square as the policeman was coming back round. You've got to have pretty nerves of steel to do that, let's be honest. Or he just didn't think the police would be back and was like, oh, shit, shit, shit. Yeah, well, that's, that's, the, that's what I mean. He was an opportunist, but he was also a bit reckless. He was like, I'm just going to do it. Or he was overconfident. But not too dissimilar, you know what I mean? Mm. Either way. Yeah, certain arrogance about it, yeah. Mm. I think you'd have had an unassuming appearance. And I say that because I think it was someone who not only was in that area at that time, they would have been known in that area. They would have, like I say, they would have drank with the victims, potentially. They might have even been with them before, people that they know. And for him not to be picked out, he would have had to have an appearance that seemed exactly like most people that would have been there. Mm. Does that make sense? Or he's just a drunk drunk Polish guy and he's just <laughs> swinging them out in the street and they're like, oh, yep, that's Phil, let's leave him do it. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, there's a, I think he, this is a bit of a weird one, but this might not be true, but I think he likely had multiple sets of hats. I know that's strange. <laughs> but So what's led you to multiple hats? Well, think about this. Every eyewitness report of someone that they said they saw him or someone who said they saw someone with the victim and then they went off somewhere, they all had different hats. right? I'm not, now, I'm not stupid. I know it could have been like um, just all different people with different hats. But you think about it. If you take an average of all the eyewitness statements, all people that say they saw the victim or whatever, right? At least a few of those times had to be the guy. And every single report eyewitness statement had them in a different hat thereabout. So this is a guy... Or he, could, had, have, he you know, could have had the same hat and only one of the witnesses were right and the rest were all gobbledygook. No, but what I'm saying is I think it's important to note that because it sounds stupid, but if you're really poor and you live in the East End, you can't afford two hats, <laughs> right? So you'd have been knocking around with the same hat. Let's take brother's hat. But if you... <laughs> well... <laughs> but if you had at least some means behind you, well, not I'm talking about a lot, but enough so you weren't destitute in Whitechapel, maybe, or maybe you'd steal clothes. This is what I'm saying. But anyway, there's just something to think so about. So is it Prince Albert? <laughs> <laughs> that I had to bring that it? up. That's ridiculous. Do you know, for the longest time as a child, I was like, it's Prince Albert. The monarchy did this. And they're all covering <laughs> it up. Burn the monarchy. <laughs> That's why I used to think as a child. I mean, the amount of eyewitnesses, you, you feel like you would have been caught. Like, they're oh, all covered the up. Prince. they got some money. You think... Oh, Tom up the road's got a new place now. Where do you get all that money from? Well, that's it. I suppose it's, that's episode over. You've worked it out. You've cracked the case. <laughs> it's Fred's <Prince> Albert. I'm going to get sued by the Windsor family now, aren't I? <laughs> Come at me. Anyway. Um, Andrew's a nonce. Anyway, I said he's very likely right-handed. I've pretty much already explained that one. Not insane, but a sexual sadist. I think I've sort of explained that one. I think that... I think he likely had an STD because I, I honestly do think that that was the motive for but this But if crime. he was like weeping out of his ears, I feel like it leaves so much evidence. What do you mean? You have like ear weepage. No, there. no, it wasn't like, you know, overwhelming, <laughs> but it, what? I'm pointing at Mr. Red right now. You can't see it. <laughs> I just remembered one of my points about well, okay. the shawl. The okay, shell that ahead, was um, taken by one of the police officers from the crime scene from victim four. So it was contaminated. We don't know. <laughs> it had 
he had well, they his wouldn't have DNA. known about DNA though, so he would have picked up with his hand. So it'd no, be but yeah, well, true. Yeah. yeah, but the police officer has nothing to do with the suspect. No, but you end up with mixed DNA. So, and if you take into account the age of that DNA progress over over a hundred years or however long it is, then you're going to end up with some pretty inferior data. Let's be honest, because that's important. Because the more it breaks down, the more likely it is to be more people. Yeah, but they they test it against the victim's descendants and the suspect's descendants, and both, it was a match. Yeah, but it would have been because they all lived in the same area. This is the problem. I mean, the thing is... It was... Well, no, because like with DNA, I mean, everyone probably already knows this, but like it doesn't say this is the person who did it, right? Yeah. It says there's a likelihood of one in one billion that it was this person. So that means technically it could have been seven people on the earth. <laughs> Sorry. But that's your special sneeze. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, but that's what that's the point. So it would have been... Yeah, so like I say, it would have been seven people on the earth. Now, the likelihood of those seven people all living in the same area is unlikely, but if you then contaminate that DNA, mix up other people's DNA, right... And then it ages over a long, long period of time. You then, even if you're not trying to, are going to contaminate that when you actually try and take DNA out of it. Yeah. So the guy who picks that up, the policeman, he's put his DNA in that. hundred years later, right, they try and test for all these things. Well, we don't know how many people that woman touched that night. We also well, don't know that. Well, she definitely slept with a suspect because it's his sperm, apparently. But, this, but, but we don't know that. But they said it was sperm and blood. But this is the thing. it We don't know because it, it's so old and it's so contaminated. This it's so sure mixed up. It's always speckled with what is claimed to be blood and semen. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I this is what I mean. Like we, d- It's just... And the problem is now in that area, when now even you've got three people in that DNA and I don't think there have just been three people on that shore, right? You then have a problem because then you've got more people in that area it could have been. And that... You know what I mean? Instead of it being one one billion, it's probably like one in ten thousand. Yeah. And how many people were living in that area? I don't know. Maybe about fifty thousand or more. Do you see what I'm saying? And yeah. that, that's what tends to happen. And that's why I you can't trust that. In my I opinion, I still think it's a spam on that. <laughs> Are you? But how do we know that he then killed her? At least, well, he it, slept, he I mean, slept with her before, so she would trust him. <laughs> I'm gonna to go back profile. to go back to your point about yeah. them trusting. Well, maybe he slept with her before. I also, and this is an interesting point that we haven't come to. I also think he would have likely been married, or he would have been with someone. And the reason I think this is because I worked out on what nights these people were all killed. Now, two of the murders happened on a on. Now, this is night going into another day. So it would have been the Thursday night going into the Friday morning. That was two of the murders. There was one murder that was Friday night into the Saturday morning, and there was two which was Saturday night into the Sunday morning. Now, all of that was near enough around the weekend. If we look at the Thursday night going to the Friday morning and there was two, we're either looking at someone that doesn't have a job or has a specific schedule of that job where he doesn't work a Friday. Wouldn't you think if there was with a partner, she'd be bloody suspicious about him going out early hours in the morning, coming back covered in blood? Yeah, absolutely. I No, yeah, but it, it happens. Unless, it does happen, unless this is the his job thing. involved 
potentially some blood, like a barber, maybe. Well, also, but maybe the thing is, this is what I think. Like, you got to look at James Kelly as well because he was a skilled upholsterer, and they use knives. So yeah, but you wouldn't. They wouldn't have blood on them unless upholstery bled. Well, no, but it's quite important because to cut um, into leather and things like that, you have to be quite strong, right? Mm. And to grab someone around the throat, bring them to the ground, you have to have quite strong arms, which he would have had working that job. Specifically, he would have had arms that were quite strong to do that sort of thing. And those knives, upholstery knives, uh, they've got to be sharp because of what they have to cut, right? And uh, a pillow just moved by itself. It's ghosts. <laughs> He's in the room. <laughs> oh, no. I was thinking that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you can also say it was this, it was that, but there was many things that he could have been and he could have well been an upholsterer as well. Someone who makes merchant shoes, chairs, all sorts of different things. Out of their skin. You would have had a knife. What's that? Out of their skin. Or maybe, or maybe <laughs> no. that's it. You, you never know. That's where he put the kidney. <laughs> but that's what I mean. So this would have been someone that was. I mean, if you look at, uh, he would. This would have been someone that would have been skilled with cutting things and cutting sheets and leather. And leather is basically animal skin, isn't it? Hardened animal skin. So this would have been someone that would have been good at cutting into skin as well. You wouldn't necessarily need the anatomical. Like I say, I think personally, he was quite sloppy. I mean, a upholstery knife. He's just slicing through it moving it out of the way, getting to the thing he wants and just trying to cut out whatever he wants. Like it's like a like Christmas or something. I don't know. <laughs> For lack of a better term there. But, but I just feel like that's what the person would have been like. As soon as they got there, it would have been that rush, wouldn't it? That's what they're like, right? Yeah, but I feel like that would lead to sloppiness. And he was but definitely that's... not that sloppy because he did not get caught. Well, and, yeah, and we would not still be talking about it to this very day. Well, even that, he was lucky. I mean, if you look at modern policing, I think he would have been caught three or four times over. Better lighting. Be- well, look, if be- he's part of the Windsors, <laughs> like, not my not. <laughs> well, they've had better lighting. They'd have had. There'd have been CCTV. Um, better eyewitnesses, probably. They'd have had forensic evidence. Who would have been through the roof? I don't know. Can we take the time to thank Jack the Ripper for helping us include <laughs> develop our policing and our forensics? <laughs> you say that there was a, a social democrat sort of who turned around and said, Jack the Ripper's done what we couldn't do and all of this stuff. Because <laughs> after that time, they're like, we've got to make the East End a better place. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so there, there is that, yeah. I guess. Um, I also put he was skilled at misdirection and lying. I think I don't think we necessarily disagree about that, right? No, we don't really disagree about that. Skilled with knife usage, I think we're yeah potentially wanted known to police. I think we both sort of are on the same way. Yeah, like I said, well. with my victim, victim suspect. Yeah, so I think he would have like visit the same pubs as the victims. Potentially dense forearms. Potentially an alcoholic. I think he would have drank quite a bit as well. But most people did then, so it's hard to say, isn't it? So. Then if he was an alcoholic, how do he manage to splay out their organs so nicely? I don't think he did. <laughs> Art is subjective. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. brings me, one of the suspects when I was looking into this was a gay artist, actually. Oh, I don't put much into that. Though. No, was I that didn't. sicker or something, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't put much into it. They're like, but he's gay. I was like, this doesn't necessarily mean he hates prostitutes. Yeah, I think he was just intrigued by the the uh, 
artwork of yeah. it in a dark sort of way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just figure it's a bit of a weirdo. Yeah. Um I did a slim similarities list as well, if you want to mm. look at that. Yeah. So the similarities of the cases are the age of victims besides the last one. I don't know what to make about that. Well, the way it's weird, it, isn't it? I will say this as well. Being the youngest and around the same age as who I think did it. Right. You know, or maybe... the average age of most of the suspects. <laughs> yeah, no, you said late 20s. Mine's yeah, 23. somewhere in between though. Yeah. The same age. And this victim was in our own home when it happened and they're very close in age, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I feel like that's a big... <laughs> that's a bit of a hmm moment there. I actually... Do you know what I was going to say? I just think personally that um, most of the prostitutes on the street were around 40 years old for the reasons that I've mentioned before. I think she would have been an exception being the age that she was. And I think she had a like a nickname. It was like Fair or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I imagine she was like being, blonde and good being looking, that young she? and being a prostitute. So, she, so it sounds like she was like quite an exception. So maybe that's just all it... It was like opportunity, what's available to me. Maybe it was just that. Maybe, it, maybe but... You know, See, I feel like it was opportunistic with his victims, not a vendetta. Well, it can be both, though, can't it? Really, I mean, you can be, you can be both of those things. I think to be honest. the only thing that I don't that irks me about it is that they usually have a type, don't they? Usually, yeah. Well, there is you know a I mean? type per se: prostitutes. Well, yeah. But I then you right. always wonder if it's because they are prostitutes or because. They were out in the open, vulnerable, easy to kill. Or maybe he'd get, he'd, uh, they all had venerable diseases and they knew about it. I don't know. You just no. don't know. But this is the thing. Like, prostitution back in those days, I imagine, was really not safe. But these women are out, vulnerable, in the open. It could have been they weren't just specifically targeting prostitutes. They just, the victims that they came across at that time of night, the ones that are most likely to be on the street, be vulnerable, yeah, yeah. be easy to hold down, strangle, kill, would have been these women. And you feel like the younger ones probably would have been picked up by men for actual relationships, maybe. Yeah. Whereas these people, generally the people that were tumbling out of relationships, so yeah. they're on the other end. Yeah, I guess so. So I've put opportunistic killings. I think I think they all were really, weren't they? Um, mm. Multiple misdirections. All prostitutes, as we just said. All strangled slash throat slit, intestines, right shoulder, which I put a lot into personally because it's every single one. So it's like a, like I say, for me, that's a bit of a calling card personally. It's almost like this is me. This Less is, you know, so right a calling card, but maybe like you said, it's definitely right-handed. It's just it's a, easier to it's just a pattern, isn't it? Chuck it over. Less yeah. so than a calling card, more of a. Yeah, I guess for calling cover like I, a pattern. It's it, it's a mm. noticeable thing that you notice. It's the same guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why there was. A, I don't know if you looked into the suspect George Chapman. I briefly, I there read was, a summary, yeah. and I was like, no. Yeah, because he was like caught for poisoning, wasn't he? As well, yeah. and I thought, well, that's a totally different. Yeah, thing, that's isn't what it? I thought. As soon as you know? it had the similar mo, but it was poisoning, and I thought, no, because he just would have poisoned them. Yeah, it's it wouldn't a have game, branched it? out, yeah. And poison is it's one of those where they, they, they like to sit back and watch it. Yeah. They don't like to be part of it. It's a whole different experience. It's a very cowardly it? way to kill someone because you're very disconnected. It's not so intimate as going up to someone slicing their throat and ripping out their intestines. 
Yeah, no, maybe you're right. I guess if you look at it, well, these people would weirdly, they would look at it almost like a sexual way of doing it and there's a different taste almost, isn't it? Mm. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I did read the summary, but as soon as I saw about a poison, I was like, no, it's not him. Mm, yeah, no, I thought the same thing. And there would have been lots of biological evidence. Um, Killer was reckless, sloppy, likely seen. I think he was likely seen multiple different times, but the problem is there was so much going on that no one could nail it down. Maybe he was seen multiple times by Jewish people. You can point them out, but can't place any evidence against him because of something to do with their religion. Or maybe he was just mistaken. I mean, you know, it happens all the time. Or it was his brother. Maybe, maybe. Um or it was a different I think Kaminsky. He would have, what's that? Or it could have been a different Kaminsky, because there was a lot of them living there at that time. But there's also the theory that um, the police were biased looking at Jewish people because of the anti-Semitism in the area. So there's that as well. <coughs> but I heard an opposite thought about that looking into this, is that the police were hesitant to release information about a lot of it because they didn't want to have more anti-Semitism or riots yeah, because of yeah, that. Yeah. So they kind of kept a lot of it under wraps. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they did could have found a killer, but maybe he'd gone to an asylum or gone to the US and they thought, out of, the, out of our air now. Maybe, but at the same time, you would have thought some of the lead detectives would have wanted to would have wanted that on their resume. Mm, Do you know actually, what I'm saying? Yeah, you got a point there. So I don't. I'm not sure. I think something. If that would have happened, I think something would have been leaked, even if it was much later by now. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it never was. So, and I think, like I say, modern policemen would have caught the guy. So. Also, the yeah. FBI that did look into the case did uh, pick the same suspect as I did. Yeah, that's fair enough, but. Um, Using actual profiling and looking at details and stuff my and one, doing it as how they would do in the modern day. Yeah. My one problem with your suspect personally is that there's he was, it was someone that basically lost his mind. And I don't think, it fit for me, that doesn't fit the psyche of the person who committed the murders. I think we're looking at someone who was much more able to um, well, it depends be on, nondescript and that de- guy was not nondescript guy it depends on your definition of loss your mind he was very clearly schizophrenic what do you mean what the killer mm-hmm. uh, no well. no my suspect was schizophrenic well yeah but James Kelly was labelled as a paranoid schizophrenic I just don't think it was true oh I think he was schizophrenic <laughs> really I don't yeah. I don't I'm not so sure I don't know it's, uh... but you see nowadays people with, with schizophrenia can function in society yeah like, yeah. they will have a breaking point if they don't get treated. Mm. The thing that, the reason that I want, there's a few, the things that I like, like James Kelly for is there's a few similarities. There was a case that I read about the other day, and I can't remember the name of the killer. It was in Soviet um, Moldova, maybe in the 80s, and this guy had killed, um, killed a few of these women, and... It was for similar reasons because they gave him a disease and it was like revenge killings. That's how he was seeing it. And that's something that I thought was very similar in this. So it's not known. Another bit was his breakout of Broadmoor. Um, he did actually escape. He wasn't released. He actually escaped and then went back out onto what's likely probably Whitechapel. And that reminded me of Ted Bundy because he escaped from prison like twice. Yeah, but if he escaped from Broadmoor, why didn't he continue doing the murders? He did. 
That's the point. Like, so the time. Oh, I thought you no. said he went in and Nicholin stopped. No, no. So, no, no. The timeline is this: he he gets married. It doesn't work out. They have problems. He kills his wife. He gets charged for murder, goes to Bournemouth because he's found insane. I don't really understand how he was found insane, but he was because he was cognitive enough to live the rest of his life after he escaped. So he can't have been that insane, right? Yeah, and that's and I think that's the thing about serial killers as well. Some of them do try and say they're insane, but these days we're good at saying, "Well, you're not." But back then they'd have been like, "Well, you've killed someone. You've got no reason for this. You're probably insane." Mm. So I think it would have been overprescribed. But what happens is he murders his wife. He gets sent to Broadmoor, so his life sentence commute his uh, death sentence is commuted to life. Mm. He escapes with the help of a friend, likely from Whitechapel. That oh, and that's when it started. And then, about a month or so afterwards, it begins. And when he goes back to Broadmoor, they let him in in nineteen twenty seven. In his nineteen twenty nine, I think it is. Um, basically, read out of his life and what he's done with it, even though the events after a certain time can't be corroborated by anybody. Mm. He, the only part he doesn't account for is between about June 1888 and November, December 1888, which is, which is when every, and he said himself in that period that he will not give any reason for, is when he went, he was on a rampage. What does that mean? You've just escaped from broad war. Five women die See, indiscri- I indiscriminately. Feel like, like, I feel like that is a, just a slip. He's like on a rampage, like he's very drunk or something like that, just very reckless of his life. Exactly. but Because you if, know, he's, but, if you were a killer and you weren't saying it... Well, he was. He it, was a known killer. Well, yeah, but... And, you know, you were saying, I went on a rampage around the time that that happened that you're a suspect for. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say, oh, I was on a rampage no, and but, wouldn't count for it. You'd be like, oh, no, well, I was is, at my mate's but house. This, but this is the thing, right? He's lived his whole life, right? And a nine, this is 1929. He's about to die, right? Then he's, why wouldn't he admit it? That's, that's the strange thing, right? If you were the kid, the killer never admits that they've done it. Look at someone like Ted Bundy. He, ne- he took that to the grave. When, how many killers do you know? that come out and actually admit that they've done it. There's very few. There's mm. uh, maybe the college killer, um, you know, one from the US, the really big guy. Yeah. I think he's, but and but he's very high functioning, isn't he? Did Fred, Fred and Rosemary West admit to it? No, he, no, neither of them, I don't think I know at Fred all. West no. killed himself. I think Rosemary West is still in prison. Yeah, they, they never, uh, they all said it was lies. They, it's very rare for them to say that they actually did it. So it's always weird to me. He's so eager to talk about his life, but there's one period that he won't talk about. It's like, well, why? But then wouldn't you think, oh, oh actually, that would draw suspicion to me. So yeah, but why, does he, why does he care? He's about to die. He's in Broadmoor anyway. But why, why do you care about covering up that he's a murderer then? Because it's just what they do, isn't it? No, well, it this is. is it's the just thing. what they do. At that point, he's been living a lie his whole life. Why would he change it now? He doesn't. This is the thing. It's so. <laughs> I don't. I mean, you hear about death code. Uh, deathbed confessions but the problem is with those they're usually given by people that aren't psychopaths yeah but what, <laughs> that's what, the, that's what problem, I'm saying is you're, you're saying he's on his deathbed why should he worry about how it sounds that he says that he's on a rampage but then why would by that logic why would he worry about saying oh I'm Jack the Ripper I think that dead. I think that he a lot as in a, there's a couple of things I think these kidders I think they first off like the mystery that surrounds them and I think second of all they like 
they, that they had control over these victims and they'll always be their victims. And that's why a lot of the time when they won't even direct you to a body because they know where it is and only them that knows. So if he then tells everyone, he gives up that last piece. The bodies are finished with, right? But then that wasn't his motive to begin with. His motive was vengeance, no, right? No, but it goes deeper because if you look at like these Syracuse, if you look, ask like the body language experts, they call this thing like Jupiter's Delight. If you, I don't know if you've heard of it. No. Where basically they're smiling and they're telling you a lie and they're smiling because they're, they're getting pleasure from the fact that they're lying to you. Now, this guy is given a confession. He says, oh, I don't know anything that I did throughout that period. And then he smiles to himself because they enjoy things like that's just how those people are. But I just feel like you built this up as he did this very sloppily as as vengeance. Well, I had to build it up as my suspect <laughs> as vengeance for giving him diseases. And why would he play a coy cat and mouse thing? He's done his job. He's got his vengeance. That's. I'm glad you said that because there's another part to him which is like the religious side. Mm. He was like quite a religious person and he goes on about certain periods like he was asked what he'd been doing most of his life and he was like, I've been battling evil. What the fuck does that mean? I don't think fucking prostitutes is battling no, evil. No, but that's what I mean. Like, what does that mean? That could mean anything. Do you know? And mm. this, he doesn't ever seem to show, well, there's not a huge amount of remorse, is there, for for his crime and it, that he was actually charged with. Maybe because, oh, what, in his wife, he didn't show yeah, he goes on the run about. like three or four times. Ah, oh, well, like, that's all right. Bitch deserved it probably in his brain, you know. <laughs> she was probably evil. That is who he was battling, his wife. That's what I'm saying. And he translates that onto his other victims. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, obviously, we'll never know. But mm, yeah. for me, I always find that guy quite compelling. The other guy that from who did like an 80s documentary, he found him compelling because he thought, oh, I've tracked him to the US and he did all these murders. Like, and I don't know about that part. He no. was in the US. and I, But I don't know. What I do know is there's a lot of things that fit together and there's not a lot that says this guy wouldn't have had the opportunity and wasn't there at the time. But did you find what I found doing the research is you'd get convinced and then you'd see sign that gives you a slight doubt. Mm. And that's With the this same... guy, not so much actually, to be honest. Personally. It's just, well, that's a personal thing, isn't mm. it? But I found a lot of looking at the suspects, I'd think, oh, 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 and then I'd think, mm, no. Yeah. I still feel like with the one I've chosen today, I don't. Mm. I just think we're never really gonna know. No, of course not. I mean, I don't have total certainty, but for me, I know what you're saying because you do get it. But with James Kelly, it's the only one where I get less of that doubt than all the others. There's nothing that overwhelmingly compels me that feels like, oh, this really puts me off, because there's nothing that really fits with him that thinks, oh, this isn't the guy. I just feel There's like... There's just a lack of proof. There's not a lack of, like, this isn't the guy because of this reason. He's always there. He's always in the in the place where it could be, isn't he? I don't know. I just think it's bizarre, personally, but... Yeah. But I, the way, the strange thing is he managed to survive so long afterwards with that with a venereal disease. I don't yeah. know what it's yeah. odd, isn't it? <laughs> so who knows? But yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> oh good we're looking at each other like empty now <laughs> <laughs> so i think we've uh i think we've talked that one out a little bit there yeah yeah do you know, i'm a bit more convinced about your suspect now than i was you're just very good at debating i'm terrible no. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't yeah but that doesn't mean mine's true it just means i've talked a lot <laughs> yeah maybe at the end of the day we'll never know unless time travel is possible 
Well, you never know. But then if time travel is possible, someone would have already found him out by now because it would have already happened. Yeah, but you're forgetting forgetting about time travel law. Well, that's what I mean. (laughs) If you time travel back in time to kill Hitler, he'd be dead already back in your time because you made it happen. Oh, no, we're now veering off into a completely different subject. I was going to take it further as well, because I was going to say, according to Einstein's relativity, you can't, it's impossible to travel backwards in time, but you can travel forwards in time because you move, if you move as fast as the speed of light, you actually, um, what was the movie where they did that with Michael Uh, McConaughey? uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. It's I-N something, isn't it? Is it Interstellar? Interstellar, that's it. it. They do that and that, don't they? They go like 30 years. I didn't watch it all because it was just... My brain. I, I can't stand Matthew McConaughey. I, I actually, I get it. I get I it. Like him. he's that. No, it's his face. I hate it. Oh, no. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the guy. I just hate his face. He's a really nice guy. I've read some of his book, and I actually quite for a Hollywood guy. You know, because they're all a bit of a you know that kind of. Unless you're Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I suppose so, but he's not like conventional, I suppose, Hollywood. But, you know, he's Matthew's more like a McConaughey's like a more of a conventional Hollywood star, isn't he? You would say. But I don't know, he's done a few movies. I mean, really, have you ever watched The Lincoln Lawyer? It's a bit of a silly no. movie, oh, but it's hang, really good. Hang on. No, no, I'm thinking of a different film. No. Okay. With a lawyer about um there was two black girls who got uh beaten up and that and the racist attack and it was a movie and there was a lawyer and I'm pretty sure it was Matthew McConaughey yeah <laughs> but I'm thinking know. of a different thing anyway but we're way like him, off so topic that's fine so we've discovered that James Kelly is Jack the Ripper no we haven't no. <laughs> I must admit the DNA and the um, although I do doubt the DNA the uh, so called the uh, eyewitness testimony of the guy who said he wouldn't testify that's quite compelling Mm. but at the same time we don't know if there was a real realistic reason why maybe he was just scared that he'd be next if he told yeah well and that happens as well doesn't it yeah so yeah well anyway i think we've uh we've achieved jack the ripper (laughs) (laughs) we've become jack the ripper (laughs) yeah that's it so um i don't know if anybody else wants to send in what their theories are yeah, I'd be really interested to hear what everyone else thinks. Some a guy that I I think it was um, Dark History podcast. He did an episode in Check the Ripper, and his theory was it was uh, oh it was Levy something Levy. I want to say Joseph Levy, but I could be wrong. Isn't Joseph Levy quite, an actor? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was the <laughs> wrong first name, but was it George Levy? It was something like that, and it was really that was quite interesting. I didn't look into that too much, but I I'd did- like to see how he came to that. I did see another theory about David Cohen. All right. But David Cohen was also a name used to describe a Jewish John Doe back in the day. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's David Cohen. But then someone in a book, I'm terrible at remembering. I read this a couple of days ago. Yeah. But someone in the book actually linked David Cohen to my suspect. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like two different guys, but the same person. Do you know what it gets? It gets a bit like, you know, that um, meme of the guy on the whiteboard and the stuff everywhere. It gets a bit like that, doesn't it? Oh, all these things are connected. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. But anyway, um, I suppose that's it then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming down today. That's all right. Yeah. I had fun. Yeah. And uh, if you do have a theory, just email me. I'll put it in the show notes, the email. And yeah, that's it. Whoop, whoop. We deciphered it. <laughs> we okay. figured out what the FBI could not. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks very much. Happy Cheers. Bye bye. Happy endeavor, runway inside. The first flight of discovery, and the shuttle has the power. One philosopher asserted that he knew the whole secret. Energy is quite equal to 